before we really get started, uh, we want to welcome, of course, our loyal listeners. Hits 101, which is now a part of the Spears and Steinberg team. Uh, so to all you new listeners and hopefully loyalists, uh, welcome. Yeah, and make sure you Hits 101 people are checking out our, uh, our the, the podcast itself. You can go find us on any of the streaming platforms. Google, Amazon, Apple, Anchor. Uh, Spotify, all that shit. Make sure you hit subscribe because as our content continues, we're going to have uh, content that won't be available on Hits 101 because we're going to be doing that on Thursdays or Fridays. Exactly. So, uh, And also, uh, always hit us up through email, Spears 45 at Hotmail. Uh, anytime you want to drop some knowledge or talk some shit, uh, to have it read on the podcast. Yeah, I'm Andy Comedy. Uh, dot com, and you can find all my social media on my podcast, on my uh, webpage, and you can also get me at funnyhappens at gmail.com. Okay, now that we got the foreplay out the way, let's fuck. Hey, what's happening, y'all? Uh, I think we're just coming off that bullshit COVID separation, but now we're back together officially, right? Yeah. So this is the clarity I like? Yeah. All right, there we go. Um, what's happening, y'all? I'm Mary Spears. I'm Andy Steinberg, and we're still in uh, St. Louis recording this. Recording this. After Sunday show. After Sunday show. And just so you guys know, Andy and I are not going to be on the road for at least uh, three weeks. Yeah. So here's what you're going to get. We've already recorded. After you hear this today, Wednesday, you're going to get three weeks in a row of email podcasts every Wednesday. We don't have a Thursday episode. We don't have a Friday episode because uh, we had to make this stretch. So here the fuck we go. Yeah. Welcome to the Spears and Steinberg podcast once again. All the hits one-on-one listeners. Glad to have you guys aboard. Let's get into it. Um, first things first. And I had this moment. Uh, and, I, and I just want to be clear here. I don't ever want to come off like a Karen. Uh, and I think I was accused of doing such when you heard that episode where I had fucked with the Mexican cleaning service lady uh, about not being able to speak English. So I want to be clear here. I don't want to come off like a Karen, um, which I think from a, motiv- from a motivational standpoint, we know what that's about. That's based in racism. That's based in, you know, a Ka- fucked up way of thinking. Karen is. Karen is. Okay. So I'm not trying to tie one to the other because this is more about the frustration that I feel when I'm dealing with incompetence. My two pet peeves, incompetence and tardiness. And I know black people, we have this stereotype of CPT, color people's time. So I do everything in my power to make sure I'm not doing that. And I can't stand incompetence. So let me tell you what I'm about to rant about right now. Um, Andy and I are here at the hotel we always stay in at the Clayton Plaza here in St. Louis. And it's a half hour before I'm scheduled to take a shower to be in, ready in time to go to the show. I'm calling from my room for 20 straight minutes to the downstairs lobby 
and the phone call is not being answered. So I finally go, you know what? Fuck this. Let me go down there and find out what the fuck is going on. And as I'm going down there, and at first I thought, okay, maybe this is a situation where I'm calling from the room and maybe there's some bug or some glitch in the matrix where for some reason the person who's supposed to answer the phone at the lobby, the hotel phone call is not registering. So you know what? Let me call from my cell phone. And I'm calling from my cell phone. After 20 straight minutes of calling from the room phone and getting nothing, I call from my cell phone. 10 minutes unanswered goes by with that. So I said, fuck this. Let me, now I'm getting dangerously close to, I got to jump my black ass in the shower to get ready for the show. So while I'm calling down to ask for a fresh set of towels, I got my cell phone in my hand. I got speakerphone. I'm walking down the hallway. I'm going to the elevator. I'm going down. The phone is ringing. I get down there and I see this white dude sitting on a couch. He's on his phone. I don't know what he's doing, but he has a look of frustration on his face. I'm hearing the whole, I'm hearing the front desk phone ringing, but I know I'm calling. So I'm going, damn. I'm calling to make sure or figure out why these motherfuckers not answering the phone. Finally, I hang up. The hotel phone in the, in the, in the front desk is still ringing. That's when I realized this white dude's calling too. So finally I go, hey man, how, how long you been here? He goes, dude, I've been sitting here for 15 minutes. He's got his luggage waiting for somebody to check me in. I'm like, God damn. So he's doing what I'm doing. Then there's the front entrance to the hotel and the side entrance. I go peek out the side entrance and it's a white dude and his girl and they look at me and motion, let us in. And I go, I motion physically. I I can't do nothing. I'm waiting to be taken care of. So the whole time I'm just sitting there saying to myself, Oh, God, dear Lord, please don't let when the moment happens and this person emerges to the front desk, they're black because it's going to feed into the stereotype that niggas don't handle business well. So after another 10 minutes, there's the white guy with his luggage who's been down there for 15 minutes. There's been me that's been calling for 20 minutes. There's this white couple from the side entrance who couldn't figure out that the main entrance was towards the front. And they've been out there 10 minutes. Finally, they make their way to the front. And that's when this black woman emerges. And, I, and, and I'm, I'm pissed now. And again, I'm not trying to be a Karen. But I'm sitting here and I'm going, and I said in frustration, are y'all not working? This guy has been waiting here for 15 minutes. I've been calling for 20. I've been on my cell phone for 10. The white couple that came in been waiting for 10. And the white couple goes, the guy goes, we have dinner reservations. So the fact that we're getting checked in late is fucking up our shit. And I swear to God, dude, not only was it a black person, it was a black woman. And... This is why I say I hate when white people go, 
get over slavery. And again, folks, to the people who know this podcast, to the people who have listened, to the people who are familiar, you've heard me say this before, but to the new listeners, I don't mean to keep beating a dead horse when I say this. This is why I hate when white people go get over slavery. Because I go, in terms of stereotypes, yeah, we all know stereotypes are fucked up, but they're based in truth. That's why they exist. And this notion that black people are lazy, shiftless, we don't handle business well, that's why I'm going, the last thing I want is for when this person emerges, don't be black. And of course, it's a black woman who not only looks like step and fetch it, but sounds like step and fetch it. To the people listening to this, if you don't know the history of step and fetch it, look up step and fetch it. He's a, he's, a, he's a stereotypical character. And of course, that's not his real name, but they cast him under Step and Fetch It, which was a stereotypical, lazy, shiftless Negro. And anytime in the movies he talked like this, Are y'all doing what y'all need? I was sleeping. I was busy. I was lazy. Which was to perpetuate the stereotype of lazy niggas. I mean, I kid you not, this black woman that emerged looked like the female version of Step and Fetch It, and she sounded like Step and Fetch It. I said, sweetheart, is nobody working? This guy's been waiting for 15 minutes. I've been on the phone for 20. I've been on the phone on myself for 10. These couples right here that just walked in for 10. I was, she said, and I quote, I, I'm working now. And I went, God Damn it. Sweetie, I need you to give me fresh towels for room 701 so I can get ready for my show. I got it. And all I'm saying is at the end of the day, again, not to be a Karen, because this is not coming from that. Again, I I just go, I wish black people would be able to debunk the stereotype and the stigmatism that exists that we're lazy, shiftless, we don't know how to handle business correctly. And this woman fed right into that. I wanted to go, what the fuck were you doing? Where the fuck have you been? For fucking 20 to 30 straight minutes in the back. Were you taking a shit? Were you in the bathroom? Even if you were that long and you emerged from the back, you didn't hear the phone ringing. There's no way you could be in the back and not have a protocol to not know I have to be prepared in case guests, in case guests come in. You didn't hear the fucking phone ringing. And it annoyed the shit out of me. Because of the stereotype. Because of the stereotype. You know, white people feel exactly the same way every time there's a mass shooter. Okay, but again, white people don't live with the stigmatism that fucks them up. I, I get that. I'm just saying we feel the same way every time. I don't know if that's supposed to make me feel better. <laughs> no, but... but the, and that's why I'm saying, again, when white people tell us get over slavery, it's insulting because you don't understand the damage that it does, the damage that it's done. This is generational. That attitude, that behavior, that, exec- that execution, it comes from a place where black people historically... In terms of poverty, 
in terms of lack of education, that carries over. And, and Denzel said, you have to break generational curses. So I just wish that black people would find a way to go, yeah, that's been us. Yeah, that is us. We know that's not the right us. We know how to, we should know how to do things properly. Be the be the be the be the be the power. Be the person that goes, I'm gonna break this generational curse. And maybe it's not her fault because it was passed down to her. But unless you break it, she's gonna pass it down to her offspring and so forth and so on and so on and so on. Well, I, I think this goes along with what you're saying because uh, you, you brought up Step and Fetch It. And I never really, we've talked about the media and their uh, uh, complicity in, in these stereotypes or even creating these stereotypes. Right. Because that's what Step and Fetch It did. I'll show you who you are and then you can become this person. Basically is what uh, a character like that is what you're saying to cause this. I, I didn't. Man, Tan Moreland and Pick Meat Martin. Look these characters up. Yeah. I didn't always agree that you, just because you saw that, that's what you that would affect you that way. But I told you this. I called you, and I saw. Uh, it's on. Uh, I think it's on Netflix now. But I saw um, Hamilton. Mm-hmm. That uh, the the musical that they did, um, where it's about, it's about Hamilton. And it's a musical that's been on Broadway. Educate me. Hamilton is... Hamilton was the the Secretary of Treasury. He was one of the founding fathers of America. Right. Uh, He's the lesser known because he he had some different different beliefs, and then he also had an incident that occurred. But see it. I didn't think it was... I didn't know that I was going to enjoy it. But I got to tell you, there's the scene... The the show is, is predominantly black, Puerto Rican... Uh, but people of color. It, it affected me to watch it in a way, that, and it wasn't a positive or negative way. It was that I saw Thomas Jefferson as the character. I saw him as a black person. Right. And when I was done watching it, I still thought of him as a black person. Because the effect of the media is that strong. That watching that show for two hours, I think it was two hours long, maybe right. longer, and the power of that, the, 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 the musical, it left you with that impression. So I, I used to think that the, these, uh, these were, I don't want to use the word excuses, but I thought these were, like, does that really affect you when you don't see, when you, when you watch TV and you don't see a lot of black people on TV, you only see, yeah, I never thought it was... Because, again, like I told you, being if you, if you are a fair-skinned person in this country, it's just, you just do it, and it doesn't affect you. You don't notice because it isn't, it isn't, it isn't pointed at you. It's pointed, toward, it's pointed for you. Right. And uh, when I saw that, I really affected me. So like I, when you were listening, when you were saying this whole thing, I was with you, I was listening to you. But when you hit that thing about the stereotypes and step and fetch it, it is, not only is it generational, it's, it's been ingrained. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's like, listen, at the heat of the moment, and I'm, a ver- I'm an Aries, April 3rd. That's my Zodiac. I'm from New York. I'm a nigga. I'm a black dude. My natural instinct and personality, I'm an aggressive dude, right? And we've covered this. 
And that's why there's either the misconception about me, the dislike for me. I'm an aggressive dude. But I'm also a little smart. And I just, I fucking hate when black people don't get their shit together. And in the heat of the moment, I'm as angry as I could be. And as time went on, I went, if we had done the podcast at that moment, (laughs) oh boy. And I'm still giving it to you the way I would have given it to you, but I had a moment to calm down, and then maybe I'm going, eh, you know what, maybe you ain't got to be so harsh. Maybe you ain't got to say, but I'm but now I'm, I'm, I'm like a resurrection. I'm emotionally going, no, this needs to be said like this. Because at the end of the day, this behavior still exists. This type of generational shit still exists. And I just would love for, for, for black people to break the generational curses. Because I hate that. Like it pained me. To see this white dude waiting for 15 minutes with this look of disgust on his face. And when I first checked, when we when I first checked in to this hotel on Thursday, it was a white dude at the desk. That's why I was going, please, please let it be that. dude. Please let it be that dude. Because whatever notion this white guy for 15 minutes may have had, whatever notion this white couple that were waiting on the side entrance for 10 minutes may have had and not saying that they would have. Thought like I thought they would have thought. But let's be honest. It's America. Racism. Stereotypes. I didn't want them to go, yep. Because I'm going, yeah. And I'm just, and, and, and the fact that when this black bitch came out, I swear to God, Google step and fetch it. She looked like him. She had the gap in her teeth. And her, her, her delivery wasn't, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Here's what was happening, sir. She's not the one working right now, is she? Little ponytail bun. I didn't. I didn't really. I, no, 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 no. A, that one was the one that was I was smoking with last night when the thunder hit. That one's cool because I was like that. Chick yeah, is no, cool. it wasn't her. But when she came out and I and I, in my non-Karen esque way, went, "Yo, nobody's working. <laughs> Nobody's answering the phones." And she went, "I'm here now." I'm here now. I bet you even sound like this nigga. You are, you are, you are, you are feeding into the stereotype. And if for any reason these white folks go, man, these niggas, you're doing us a disservice. Okay. Get your shit together. But all that being said, and I and I understand what you you're saying because it's perpetuating a stereotype. Yes. But the on the other side, there's white. Folks to do just as shitty of a job. And I understand that they're not held to that same. And that's the point. But what I'm trying to say is. I don't. No, that's not. That's not genuine. Mm. I, I see your point. But a little bit of this is, uh, is, is how you feel that that dude's going to look at you as well because but no, of her. He, no, but no, I wasn't worried about that because he knew he was looking at me. Feeling how I felt, how he felt. Okay. Which fights that stereotype. You're right. It, going, this bitch should be on her toes. Okay. And I want to be that way so that he doesn't go, all y'all like this? No, nigga. I'm, a, I'm as upset as you. 
And I'm telling you what was crazy was when I got off the elevator, I'm telling you, I had my phone in my hand. I had it on speaker. Purposely ringing so that if I got to the desk at the same moment that person emerged, I could go, you, you, don't, you don't hear the phone ringing? It's ringing in my hand. Where have you been? But when that person wasn't there and I hung up, it was still ringing. And I'm going, well, I just hung up. Where's this ringing coming from? And I look over. He's on his phone with disgust. And I went, sir, have you been helped? Dude, I've been on the phone 20 minutes waiting. So we're both calling. And the white couple on the side was calling. You got three motherfuckers calling. Where have you been for 20 fucking minutes? What were you doing? Yeah. So that's why I'm just saying when I go, man, slavery has done a number on us. That's why I hate when white people go, get over slavery. Because you don't understand the long-lasting effects of that. Lack of education, lack of skills, a certain shiftless, stereotypical, they lazy, black ghetto behavior. That all comes from that. And unless you break that generational curse, here we go. Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Yeah, but I think you also have to remind people because you keep saying slavery and I don't want to I'm not trying to correct you in any way whatsoever because it's how you see it. But it's how it is. But you have to remind people that when you say that and people say get over it because it was how many a hundred and what whatever years ago. But it wasn't because Sam Crow effectively kicked Jim Crow. Jim Crow, sorry, Sam Crow. I'm, I'm, I'm back at I'm back at the the, the uh, motorcycle gang movie. Right. Jim Crow laws essentially replaced slavery, and they just had it by a different name. So, and and we worked through those laws all the way into the '60s. Right. So when you say that, when people say that, it, it's so disingenuous not to understand our country and the history of our country. So when you say that, you're talking about something that really isn't. That far away, we're talking about a gener. You know, you your your grandparent. Like I, I'm, I'm 55. So my mom was part of that generation of of that change. It's one generation away for me. So it's okay, well, but whether it's, but but close just, or far away. Yeah. The bottom line is, those effects are sewn into our behavior. So don't. White folks, to the ones that are listening and to the fans of the show, and you know I love you, don't be so dismissive. 
get over it. Because if you really took the time to invest in the history and the damage it's caused, yeah, that's what that's why we got this today. Yeah, but it's it's a lot close. It, my point is just to the same white people is that it's really close. It isn't it isn't a hundred and fifty years ago like they like they would think now. Right. It's it's a generation ago. Right. And listen, if you had the complaint that I had. You wouldn't be allowed to do this because you would be viewed as I was viewed by the Latino community for not understanding why that Mexican may couldn't speak English. You don't have the right as a white guy to complain about what I'm complaining about, even though your complaint would be valid. Well, because it's not based in race. It's based in competence. Well, but I would have to argue it that way. I wouldn't be able to argue it the same way you did. I would say, I'm waiting here for 20 minutes and no one's here. I would be mad at the hotel. But would you be mad at the hotel? Or would any part of you go, black folks? No. Honestly, I wouldn't only because this is COVID time. There's a skeleton crew on. We don't even have room. We don't have uh, a room, the service. They're not cleaning the rooms. They're not putting new towels in. You had to request the towels because... Uh, because of COVID, they're not coming. Well, to they'll it. clean the room in the hours they're supposed to. If you ask, if you ask, but my, I wasn't asking to clean the room because we didn't need the room. I clean. was asking, I need two towels. towels. That's available any time of the day, right? That's all I'm saying, though. It's a skeleton crew. Uh, I mean, I would, I would think maybe that she. I mean, honestly, I would probably think that she was called to go do something, and but 20 minutes is a long time. And if I was the one calling, I'd be, I'd be upset about it. It was ridiculous. To be gone that long. Why? But I know this that you don't know is all their stuff is in the basement. And I would have went to the basement. <laughs> because when we stayed here a time or two ago, right. I, I said, hey, man, do, do you have some the, the snack machine? Is there a machine here? And he goes, yeah, it's on the second floor. He goes, but dude, there's never anything good in it. He goes, the one in the basement's for the employees. And there's just take it down, to the, down there and there's the machine, the vending machine. So I went down there, and all their stuff was there. I got extra towels for my room. I got everything. So I knew where all listen, my stuff listen, was. Listen, when this black woman emerged, based on her delivery verbally. She didn't care. Her attitude. I don't even think that it's not about caring. But if there had been a sense of, oh, my God, I'm sorry, sir. How can I accommodate you? Let me tell you what happened. But it wasn't that. It was, and, and, I, and I keep driving the point home. I'm not exa- Listen. Comics, for joke purposes, even in truth, we exaggerate. We throw extras on it. Yeah. I'm not exaggerating. Google step and fetch it. Her delivery was just that to the T. I'm sorry. I was She sounded like a, like a slave, nigga. And again... Black people, we have always had to overcome these racial hurdles. And I just, if it had been me, a black dude waiting for 15 minutes, and a black couple waiting for 15 minutes, it had been like, all right, nigga, we know this is what we do. But in front of these three white folks, I just went, oh, so God you, damn. So you, you, you don't think you would have been mad still if, if if it was just you and and this black woman who was missing. Yes, I would have been mad. Okay, so you I don't been, like incompetence. Right. But like bitch, but you we wouldn't got have been company. In, but you wouldn't have been embarrassed. We got saying. company. You wouldn't have been embarrassed by it. Step up. Step up. And at the end of the day, is it her fault 
No, because it's generational. It's been passed down. But I just wish that there would be in our community and our culture somebody to go recognize we got to break this generational curse. We got to do better than this. So that's all I'm saying, man. You know, it's like when we, okay, we're here in St. Louis and uh, second show Saturday. There was a black. There was a black woman and a black dude, and this bitch was mouthy. She just kept yelling out during the show, and I knew she was gonna be a problem. So I told security, "Watch this bitch. I'll handle it. But if she's out of control, handle it." And I could tell she, the way she was and her boyfriend was. They were meant to be together. These are two ignorant niggas from the same cloth. This nigga's shirt was loud. He had on big rim glasses. These are two ignorant niggas. They don't understand etiquette. You're at a live show. You should behave accordingly. And even when security pulled her aside to check her, they were both standing up and I could hear them interacting. And she, like most people did her, Wild and obnoxious and loud and drunk and don't understand etiquette and class. They weren't overpowering me. So it wasn't at no point where I had to go, oh, shit, I got to break my rhythm. I got to address this because I'm looking at people in the show. Look at them as opposed to me. It wasn't that loud, but it was some noise. But I was enough to drown them out. So I, I, I wanted to avoid it. So I didn't break my rhythm. And at one point, I'm thinking in my head to the security, nigga, why are you talking to her in the room? You're two seconds away from outside the showroom. Take that bitch outside and do that. And he didn't. Long story short, when he finally squashed it, I noticed her and her dude got up and just completely left. And in my mind, I'm going, oh, thank God. This doesn't have to be that. I don't have to address that. Same kind of thinking. Are you not, you're not educated enough to know there's an etiquette. There's a class. You don't do that. You don't, you don't, you know, again, black people, we naturally are rhythmic. So when we do shit, and I heard it on tonight's show, Sunday, I say something black people agree with. I could hear it. That's right. Yeah. Preach. Mm -hmm. We've always done that. Go look at any Good Times episode. It's in the laugh track. That's right. Uh-huh. We just, that's part of our rhythm. And I don't mind that. But when you are raised where you are not properly educated to know there's a place and a time and an etiquette where you should know when to shut the fuck up, that, again, comes from a lifestyle, a poverty, a, a class system where if you grow up in the ghetto and you grow up ratchet and thug, you don't know that this ain't the place for that. You don't know that you can't do that everywhere. So that's, you know, and again, can I deal with it? Yeah, and I have, but I don't always want to. Shut the fuck up. 
you know, uh, we talked about this a little bit tonight. And I see this disconnect, some of this that you talk about, more here in the South and the Midwest. Because it seems to be... Uh, what, what's the word that I'm looking for here? It's more uh, segregated. No, you said Afrocentric. Well, I said, but it's it's, segre- it's segregated. It's segregated, but still, a- I like Afrocentric because, again, there are certain kinds of black black folks in terms of attitude, behavior. We come in different varieties. Light skin, dark skin, we, we come, class system, we come in certain kinds of delivery. So in certain parts of the country, Midwest, South, where you might see more niggas with gold teeth, too many neck chains, that comes from a lifestyle, a poverty, a, a way of living, a way of life, the way you've been taught versus D.C., Philly, New York, where those same kind of niggas exist, gold teeth, but more well-to-do, middle-class, I read books, I'm more, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I also think it has to do, like, in New York, when, you're, when, when it isn't as uh, segregated and everybody mixes together, and I'm not talking just about even in, in a racial standpoint, even in a financial class standpoint, when you go out in New York and you go downstairs, I mean, everybody has to be together. And people figure out how to work in a, in a way that's different than when I come here and I see different sections doing things in a very a, a, a cultural way that represents one culture, including the white culture. I'm not, this isn't a black and white thing. Everybody... That's why these like that's why God, I don't even I don't even I don't even know if I should go this far with this, but even in the in the white community, that's why you find these Trump uh big areas of Trump support. Because it becomes like this area where it can just be because there's no one there to check them. Like in, in in a city where there is a city and you move together, there's a different kind of response and a different kind of way that everyone works together. And I don't see that as much as in the Midwest and in the South. Yeah, but in the Midwest and in the South, it feels like the majority of such. Like, like Midwest, South. If out of 100% in the Midwest and the South, 10% are more like the brothers and sisters in D.C., New York, Philly, where 90% is them... Good time niggas. Them gold teeth niggas. But, but in D.C., Philly, it's the opposite. 10% of the gold teeth niggas. 90% of the more well-to-do, middle-class, better-educated Negroes. But, so you get, you know what I'm saying? But don't you think that all comes from everybody mixing together, though, in a different kind of way? Yeah, but what I'm saying is... In the Midwest and the South, the majority rules. Right. And the majority is okay. the niggas that yell out and act a certain way versus the, we, not to say one is better than the other, but we're not as ghetto but I'm, versus but, the other. But what I'm saying is it stays that way because if it's like you said, generational, and you're segregated, and you live in your neighborhood, and you grow up in your neighborhood, and you stay in that neighborhood, 
which, again, in the Midwest and the South, a lot of people don't leave hometown. Okay, so let's go with that. Middle South, Midwest, Midwest, South. From a slavery standpoint, they always said niggas would move from the South, specifically in the Midwest, up North. Better jobs. Yes, still racism, but nothing was like the Deep South. Right. There was, there's a more leniency. There's a more, you have a better chance. And because of that better chance, you act different. It, you, you're introduced to a, a more open slash affluent, affluent, better education where Midwest South, you can get that, but they're still stuck in those ways. They're still stuck in them ways. But I still say that's part of segregation because you're all staying in one yeah, point. Segregation, slavery, add it up. Add it up. Because when, when, you, when, you when you would hear certain guys go, man, I was born and raised here. I'm going to die here. This is what I know. And if you commit to that, like the majority of the people commit to that. That's all they're ever well, going to know. Then that's all you're ever going to know. And that's what I'm saying. And that's exactly. Versus people who go... I got to get out of this. This is bullshit. And again, I'm not saying they're moving to paradise because it's bullshit up north too. Yeah. But it's less bullshit. And I'm not saying that we don't have neighborhoods and stuff in New York or in California or even in Arizona where I grew up. But it was still more... To me, we get better when we all get together. I have to read you this email. Even though I know it's not a email episode but i gotta read you this because when we were in the car i almost forgot to i did forget to tell you but i wanted to tell you because it made me laugh and we read as you folks will hear later on the email episodes this dude ghetto casanova for you and it's just short and sweet this is, this is the second email that he sent because we did one yeah we did one with him but for the people listening you're hearing this now fresh on okay, wednesday yeah, okay. and you'll hear me read this dude's email later on but I want to read it right now. He said, uh, sup, my, Ghetto Casanova, sup, my nigga. I'm on episode 92. Got about 185 episodes to go. It was great hearing your thoughts on Endgame and John Wick 3. That's how you know this dude is starting from the beginning and he's going in order. I love the banter between you and Andy. I got to say, though, and, and this is the part that made me laugh. Andy wants equality so bad that it's disgusting. Laugh out loud. I mean, I mean, he won't even pick which race he leans more toward, Jewish slash Mexican, because he doesn't want to come off as a bias or offend the other side. Can't wait to see what the other episodes entail. You both say things that kind of steer me away, but then do something that brings me back in. That right there is great radio. Keep up the great work, your nigga, Hitman Jones. And I, and I don't want to put you off on a tangent where we go about Mexican versus yeah, yeah. Jewish, because you've done that to me. Yeah, times. but I, I, I want to answer real quick. But when he goes, Andy wants so bad for equality, it's disgusting. Because that's always been the fight. That you want to go, we're all the same. We're all equal. It's not about race. It's about political economics. So that's what he's speaking on. Yeah, I got it. But when you say, when I don't want to choose between my Jewishness or my Mexicanness, let me ask you this question. Uh, what, what's his name again? Something, something, and a lot of well, look, Casanova. Ghetto Casanova. Get a ca- ghetto cast. Which, which, which foot do you like better? Your right foot or your left foot? Whatever works for you best. 
But which one do you like better? I I'm mean, at le- the end of the day, which- I'm, a, I'm a lefty, so I'm a pick left. You, you, your left foot is you yeah. think is better? I, I don't have a choice between my foot. I need both of them. But what one do you work off of? I, I work off both. I walk. Not the same. I walk with both. But you're right-handed naturally. I'm right-handed naturally, but okay. So no, no, no. Actually, I was left-handed naturally. Okay, but what do you really fuck? You're holding your mic with your right hand. I'm now I'm right. What you do most times? Na- na- so yes, your left hand's Jewish, your right hand's Mexican, or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? Which do you really fuck with? It that isn't the point. If you had to get rid of one, which one would you get rid of? My right, because I'm a lefty. He would make adjustments. You don't want to get rid of either. You make my adjustments point. if you have to. But I don't. But want, if you don't have to, yeah, I don't want to get rid of either. I don't need to choose between either because I'm both. They're but, both important to who I am. But what he's saying is, in a realistic world, that's not realistic. This, this, okay. I, I'm going to say I, I'll, I'll change that up a little bit, though. It is realistic because that's what this that's what this experiment was supposed to be. This this was not only an economic experiment; it was supposed to be a cultural experiment, and it was. It just wasn't as is is what they consider race to be a racial experiment. This country is supposed to allow you to be all those things on paper. In principle, and it can be. On paper. And it can be. On paper. And it- Dave Chappelle, the founding fathers that wrote this country, uh, some, 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 all men are created equal. Get me a sandwich, nigger, I'll kill you. Liberty, justice. justice. Yeah. On paper. On paper. But take that for what it says. If you read it, and take everything out of the history, and I can't, t- I can't remove the history. The history is there. I can't change that. But if you read what the paper says, is it say that it's, we should be able to make that happen? Yes. Okay, that's what I'm working for. There's no purpose in this country. And what he's saying is you're working for a Disney-like fairy tale make-belief. Because it's never going to be that way. No, it will be that way. Oh boy! It may be a thousand years we from now. We shall overcome. Now, it may take a thousand years, and we're still singing that song. It may take a thousand years. Well, I ain't got a thousand years. No, I want to know now. It's not about your generation. It's not about me and you. It's about what we leave for our kids and what our kids leave for uh, those kids. That stinks. It's not about being selfish. It's about what we could give to the we give back so that we can make it work. Okay. End of story. All I'm saying is this, and again. I don't want to come off like a Karen. Uh, and, I, and when I thought about this before we did it, because I understand Karen comes from a place of racism. So I don't want, I don't, that's not where I'm coming from. So when I say I, I empathize with Karen, I don't mean racially, which is probably stupid for me to say because maybe that's a bad example. But if my venting... If my rage, if my, man, what the fuck is coming from a Karen-like place? Not racially, but I shouldn't be persecuted for expecting professionalism, competence. Okay. I shouldn't be persecuted for that. No, you shouldn't be. But let me ask you this other question. Had one of these uh, white people downstairs... Took it to a Karen place. Oh, who's your manager? Let me. Go. Would have you been annoyed with the, those people from 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 having to pick a team at that moment? I decided would step and fetch it. 
Yeah, so would have I. To just be honest. from a racial standpoint, just, I'm not gonna let you gang up on this black bitch. Yeah, I, I would. But I would have been like, bitch, get your shit together. You would have leaned into her ear and go, "You deserve this shit," but I'm not gonna yes, let it happen. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Next order of business, since we're already on race, and I asked you this, uh, and I'm the one who was t- finally not wanting to go into race, but. Well, here we are. Yeah, we were here again anyway. But, but, folks, like I said, next three weeks, all emails. So yeah. there's a lot of fun in yeah. Um Long story short, this brother who I know, who used to play for the Tennessee Titans, who is now an aspiring movie writer slash director, reached out to me for me and Godfrey to do this uh, possible short film where he and I play two British black brothers uh, amidst racial turmoil and a Black Black Panther Party Association. Uh, And I was with it. And Godfrey's my man. Anybody that's ever listened to the podcast, ever listened to Godfrey and Godfrey, we trust. Uh, You know, Godfrey, he does accents. He does impressions, as do I. And I just thought it would be two kids playing in a candy store for both of us to go, yeah, Mike, wanker, motherfucker, that's what it is. Um, Me and Godfrey got to talking. And he was like, dude, and and the guy wants to shoot the movie in Memphis. Uh, And Godfrey was like, dude, I would love to come to Memphis. I've never been. I'd love to check out fucking Lorraine Motel Museum, which Andy and I did. Blah, blah, blah. The the museum across the street where uh, James Earl Ray supposedly killed Dr. King. Took a shot from. And Godfrey, again, one of the most pro-black niggas I know, told me some shit that, that I didn't know. And again, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist. But Godfrey basically was like, yo, Judge Joe Brown is a big historian and a guns expert. And through his knowledge and what he knows, told me that uh, Martin Luther King, James L. Ray, didn't kill Martin Luther King. It was a setup. Uh, The government had a two-man military crew kill Dr. King, and they pinned it on James L. Ray. But really, the military and the government, it was an inside job. And Andrew Young and Jesse Jackson set MLK up at the hotel so that he could get killed. And that when the bullet struck Dr. King through the neck or aorta or whatever, he wasn't dead. He was alive. And when they took him to the hospital, the surgeon smothered Dr. King with a pillow and killed him because he was racist and told all the other doctors, leave the room. I got this. So Dr. King survived the neck shot. It was the surgeon who took him out. Now, of of course, the question deserves to be asked. Do you believe that? And before you answer, uh, here's here's what Godfrey's thing was. And here's where he's right. Black people, we have a history of screwing each other. We have a history of fucking each other. Um, So this part to me, even though I'm not a conspiracy theorist, it's conceivable. He goes, Andrew Young, it's always the ones that you know closest to you that fuck you. 
I just, the black guy in me goes, do I really want to believe Andrew fucking Young and Jesse Jackson helped Martin Luther King get taken out? And I trust more Andrew Young than I do Jesse. I think Jesse's a political snake. I think Jesse's a I'm a lookout for me type of nigga. I think he all, like all black people, started out with the greatest of intentions. But I don't know that I trust Jesse Jackson. So when Jesse goes, Martin died in my arms on that day, on the balcony, and I held him. I can see Jesse doing some crooked shit like that. Because remember, pardon me, Jesse, there was the clip of when Barack Obama was running for president. Jesse didn't know his mic was on. And he shitted on Obama. And now, I know it's popular for all black people to shit on Obama now. What did he do for us? But back in the heat of Obama's running, when everybody was going, this is the nigga. It was popular to love Obama. Jesse was the one black nigga who was caught with his camera mic off. He didn't know it. And he shitted on Obama. Dissed the shit out of him. Cut to Obama wins the presidency when he gave his address in Chicago where they cut to Oprah crying. Jesse crying. Nigga, you just shitted on this nigga. Now because the cameras is on and he won, you're crying. So I don't trust Jesse. Do you think it was a conspiracy? Um, I think there's a lot of different conspiracy theories besides that one. Um, uh, And I think it is possible... Uh, that there could have been someone else who shot him. I, uh, there was, there's a lot of different variations on that, on James Earl Ray. If he could have done it from where he did it, uh, he was paid to do it. Um, how, how, who paid him to do it then? But besides that, I don't know, though. The reason I don't believe... It's hard for me to believe Andrew Young, first of all. That, that, because he stayed... He's, he, Je- I, I understand what you're saying, because Jesse is a politician. Jesse was out there doing it. And he's a snakeish politician. No different from the others. Race not included. But I think people would have saw that he was alive when they were, when they were putting him into uh, the ambulance. I think people would have known that he, you had to be holding your throat if you were alive. You'd tra- you would, you, your instinct would be to, to move. Right. And there's nothing that shows that. I think that in the picture where you see uh, uh, Jesse, Jesse pointing. pointing, they're all pointing. I think Jesse would have been standing at least three to five feet further over. So he don't get shot? Yeah, so he, yeah, just I think he would have been out of the camera frame. But if it was an inside job, he knows he don't have nothing to worry about. Do you? Do you? If, it, it, ah, I love uh, what you did with that. If it's white folks, do, do you? you? Hey, Jesse, uh, <laughs> we going to give you a Cadillac and a lifetime subscription to Motown Records uh, as long as you set this nigga up. Take that nigga out, too. <laughs> right. You, you cover. You, you want to make sure that you uh, cover, you, you your conspiracy gets covered up. You yes, can't. Yes. You don't want any witnesses to it. Yes. So uh, I have a hard time with that one. And I'm not, at the end of the day. But do you believe? Take away the Andrew Young Jesse part. If Martin survived, do you believe he was taken out by some other pillow? Dude, I don't. I don't think. Again. Anything's possible, but do you think at a hospital that you could get that kind of privacy? Do you think a surgeon, the surgeon's going to say, everybody out of the room, I got this? There, there has that, to be a- at that point in history, I don't put 
nothing past white folks. It still would be tough that someone didn't see it happening. Really? You don't think so in a hospital? Listen, that same controversy, <clears throat> Jesse Andrew Young, you don't think that there's controversy between, between who really killed Kennedy? Oh, yeah. Th- that, that footage of, what was his name, Oswald? Uh, the guy who supposedly... The Segruder film, but Oswald is the one who... who supposedly killed Kennedy? Yeah. And then somebody shoots him? Yeah. They still say to this Jack day, Rudy. that's bullshit. Yeah. See, uh, Do you believe that? Um, you know, you know um, I want to see this, and I haven't seen it, but you know uh, Barry Katz. I wish Jay Moore could come in right now. Barry Katz hey, did... Hey, man. man. He did a deal with with some guy with some guy who was one the last living person that claims that he was one of the the people from the Grassy Knoll. And there's this whole documentary that he did, and you can get it on on uh, Barry Katz's website. But I want to see it because it's very it is interesting to me that this is one of the guys who right. who is the was the last survivor from this whole thing that says that he uh, he did it right. Uh, I don't know, man. Conspir- that's why conspiracy theories are so great, because you, uh, you don't know. You don't know, and you can't prove it, but you can't, but you can't prove that, it, that it's not true either. Right. But, so, yeah. I'm going to leave it right there. That. Again, my own personal, if I had to point a finger towards what I believe... I could, I, I could see a, 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 a white surgeon, whatever, going, y'all leave the room, I'm about to kill this nigga. A- and whether or not the government, well, if I, they thought he was going to die, then that's it. So how would they go, if this nigga lives, let's contact the hospital that we don't know he's going to, but closest to, to let them know, if this nigga lives, kill him. I think if you would have said to me that same story and you would have said he, he survived and in the ambulance, right. they killed him, right. then I'd believe okay, you. Okay, right. Because not at the hospital. Not at the hospital. Because now you also have the, the ambulance drivers that are stabilizing him, and they right. could say, no, he was, we thought he was going to make it. Right. I never heard we thought he was going to make it from anybody. Right, right. So that, that's, that, there's some holes in that theory for me. Right. But... Uh, you know, dude, like they, I have some friends that do all conspiracy theories, and it's, it's, it, when you get dig deep into things, right. some things just don't make sense. Gotcha. Let's talk about movies. Let's lighten it up. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, as I've said to you people many a times, uh, when I'm in a hotel and I got the whole day, and I'm naked on my ass perusing through social media, uh. I love this thing called Mojo. And Mojo does all, does all these countdowns, movie-type shit. And I stumbled across one where they basically were saying uh, movie, movies that famous actors turned down. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I remember when Patrice was doing an interview, and he goes, people go, Man, you made it. What's it? What's making it? And you ask that question. For you personally, what is making it? Is it a certain amount of money? Prestige? What's it? 
And as I was watching this Mojo thing, and they go, uh, you know, Will Smith turned down the sequel to Independence Day. He just didn't want to do it. That's when I went, that's it. <laughs> when you can go, yeah. nah, I don't want to make a sequel to a blockbuster movie by a major studio and make $20 million plus a back end, that's making. You, you know what I think is making it? What's that? When you get a franchise like Iron Man, right. and then you get another franchise as... Sherlock Holmes. That's when you made it. E- and I was going to say, even though Sherlock Holmes... But it's a hit. It's a hit. Because if it ain't a hit, it's no sequel. Yeah, and it's still a franchise. Right. That's making it, nigga. When you can go, when you turn down scripts, you want me to do what? How much? What studio? Nah, I'm good. That's making it, nigga. Or you could also look at it as not even having to turn it down. If you have so much work that you go, man, I would love to do it, but I'm booked for the next five you're years. You're still turning it down. Yeah, you turn it down, but you're not turning it down because it's not good. Good, because you, you're busy. I'm just too busy. That's making it. That's making it. Um, and since we on movies, uh, oh, wait, 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 before I'm, yeah. I just want to go one more thing for making it though. Uh, who's the? Uh, he's I don't know what he, he's like. British sent me some. I think he's British. The uh, God, I got to remember the guy's name. He was in uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I know that movie. Uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. What? I got. I got to remember his name. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. There we go. Uh, people ask me, uh, Michael, what might you decide what movie you want to do? And it's very simple. I'll look at the script, and I'll look at the first page, and I'm on the last page. And if my character is on the first page and the last page, I do the bloody picture. You know how he how he really picks it. That's how he picks it. Yeah, and one other thing, though. What? Where it's being filmed. Really? Yeah. And what time of the year. preference. And what time of the year. Yeah. When you call them kind of shots, as, hey, listen here, Mike. If I'm on the first page and the last page, uh, and I prefer the spring, that way I could be out with my knickers playing tennis with a couple of white broads, and I could drink whatever the fuck I want to drink. With no bloody problems. That's when I picked the picture. That's great. That is great. That's I w- great. I would love that opportunity. Where's it being filmed at? In where? Nah, it's... In it- Dubai. Ah, it's too hot. Dubai's nice, but I don't really like the Middle Easterners. <laughs> How much time we got? Because I... I- <laughs> we were almost at an hour right Are now. Are we really? Yeah. Well, this is perfect. Um, speaking, of, speaking of movies... I, I I sent this post out, and I want to ask you, Andy, for your personal opinion. And I'm hoping you've seen all three of these. I know for certain you've seen two. I sent the post out, and, I'm, and to all of you people listening, I would love to know your answers. And to the people who have written into us email-wise, specifically to say, I love when you and Andy do movies. Here we go. In terms of biopics, which biopic in terms of these three from favorite to least do you like? And these are my three favorite. Jamie Foxx's Ray. 
and and Ray. Angela Bassett and What's Love Got to Do With It as Tina Turner and Chadwick Boseman get on up the James Brown story. Did you see all three? Yes, I did. Give me your order. I, I have to go with Ray. Yep. Number fucking one. And I, it, the performance. Yes. Is unbelievable. Yes. By the time you're done. I want to lay your body down. You think, that he's, you think he's Ray Charles? What? Yes. Jamie murdered that. Now, again, just a very close number two, which we could say, I could say one and one B almost. Is what's love got to do with it? She. So you're putting what's love got to do with it ahead of Chadwick? Yeah. Because I, I got to be honest, it's not just the acting. The movie itself. Yeah. I think was. I think the other two movies were done better. Really? Yeah, I do. Okay. Not that it wasn't good. So I just felt there was room for that one. I, I I would be hard pressed to say to go what would have made these two better, and I think that if I watched that movie, I could say I would do this different or this different on right. uh, uh, on. So for the record, Ray one, Angela Bassett two, and Chadwick get on up three. Yeah. All right. Uh, I got your order, but the last two flipped. You, you flipped Ray, Jamie. Oh my God. One. When you do that, and you do that impression too, when he talks about how he knows how to get back home. Hello. And how many steps it was when he does Three, the, four, seven, turn left. Hello. Yeah, that that solidified it. That was. That solidified it. Um, and I recently saw Get On Up before I came out here. And again, as an impressionist, I'm a stickler for detail. And most people probably wouldn't even notice this. But James Brown, the way Chadwick Boseman sticks out his jaw, jaw, yeah, it's almost like there's an overbite. Brown had an underbite, right? That was his overbite, and the way Chadwick, let me tell you something. Uh, let me tell you something about the groove. The groove don't move. The way he hit that shit was perfection. That being said, here's my challenge. One of my favorite scenes. And get on up. And I'm telling you, people, don't cheat. Don't Google it. Because you can Google lyrics. If there's anybody that can tell me what the fuck. And I'm going back to Eddie Murphy's joke. What the fuck is James talking about, man? There's a scene in in fucking (laughs) Get On Up where he goes on a TV show. And this is, they actually took this from real footage. They just duplicated it, where he performed on a TV show that basically was like a uh, comedic version of a festival, where they had all these artists perform at one time. And the scene was Dan Aykroyd plays his road manager, and he goes to him and goes, James, they want the Rolling Stones to close the show. And Brown was pissed, because he goes, I'm the better performer. They never had a hit album. How dare... They pick Rolling Stones over me. And, and Chadwick Boseman as James Brown is like, you better tell them white boys to be ready. Because when I finish, basically they're not going to be able to follow me. And the guy, before they introduce him, goes, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for James Brown and the famous Flames. 
And the song is called uh, Out of Sight. Starts out. And before James Brown gets to the mic, he does a little dance with the footwork. When he grabs the mic, from the time this nigga starts singing to the chorus, you know you're out of sight, you don't understand what the <laughs> fuck this nigga said. If there is anybody, don't cheat. Don't Google the lyrics. Please tell me that you understood what this nigga said, and I will personally mail you a PlayStation 5. Because <laughs> here's what he said. You ready? And I watched it. It's one of my favorite scenes. And this is what so many people love about James Brown, particularly in the black community. He's Godfather's soul. It said, it said statistically, he is the most sampled artist yes. of all time. Yeah. So all the generations past him, especially the rappers, have sampled this nigga to death. He's the godfather of soul. So, ladies and gentlemen, the godfather of soul, James Brown of the Famous Lanes. Does a little foot dance. Then goes... How'd you, how'd you be the thong? Hutton step in you. How'd you be the thong? Hutton step in you. Ain't nobody here, right? You know you're out of sight. Do, 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 do. You got the sweetest dip of dipping. Keep me a rain. What the f- Folks, if you think I'm exaggerating, go to YouTube and Google Get On Up Out of Sight. Prior to out of sight, I, I'm not lying. The nigga goes, How'd you be the don't want that man you? How'd you be the don't? If y'all think I'm lying, this is why sometimes I bring my speaker that Andy bought for me as a gift uh, so I could play this for you. you sh- since so you just you said know Andy, I'm not bullshitting. You should do this as a. Uh, what's his name? Uh, oh. The dude who all the black dude always does all the 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 Michael Winslow? No, 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 no. Uh, electric company. Uh, electric was, he company. was in the electric company. Louis Gossett? No, no. You do his impression. Morgan Freeman. You should do because you said Andy. You should go. That's why you, when you when you did that about me buying you something, it, right. it would have been nice. Oh, to, oh, okay, okay. Oh, because Andy from Shawshank. Yeah, because you ah, my friend Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there was a time. I couldn't listen to music the way I wanted to. But my white friend, Andy Steinberg, bought me a speaker that would go with my cell phone. Now I can hear niggas at their loudest. Okay. <laughs> I just, if I could remember people's names when I wanted to. It's okay. It's but okay. I, I could remember Zagruder film. All, all you got to do is give me black descriptions. Like you a white victim. <laughs> what did this nigger look like? He was dark. Freckles. I got it. I, and, and that's why I love that Dave Chappelle joke, which is so genius. Uh, could you describe him? Big lips, big nose, dick hanging out. Look for a nigger between four six and eight six. Six eight. Six, eight. Uh, okay. Remember, folks, I just don't want you to think I'm exaggerating. So let me do it one more time, so that when you hear me do it, and you hear the actual clip that I'm paying, I'm playing from YouTube. Send me the lyrics. Do not cheat. 
do not Google, because I'm sure you could get the lyrics from Google. Don't cheat, and I will mail you a PlayStation 5. Ba-da-ba, how'd you be the thong? Up and step in you. How'd you be the thong? Up and step in you. Ain't nobody do right. You know you're out of sight. Exactly what you said earlier. How'd you be the dog? How'd you stab in you? How'd you be the dog? How'd you stab in you? How'd you be the dog? How'd you know you're out of sight. Ha! You got a sweet nip and you're done. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, you know, all the three movies that you gave me, though. Yes. You, you know you didn't put any white movies in there. At all for the biopics? Yeah, I just want. They more. didn't belong. I just I want to ask you just one because it was about performance too. Okay, you didn't think Joaquin Phillips did a great job as Johnny Cash? You, what the fuck make you think I saw Johnny Cash, nigga? You wouldn't see that. What the fuck make you think I would want to watch Johnny Cash? Here's how rhythmlessness Johnny Cash was. Nigga wore all black. He didn't even sing. He talked his lyrics. <laughs> oh, the soldier there walking on a dirt road, and in the middle of the night. He knew he had a place in life, and that's when he got on his horse, and he was the pale rider. Mm. <laughs> what nigga? That's, that's a, that was one of the original rappers. What? <laughs> <laughs> nigga. Like people don't fuck with Johnny Cash, nigga. I remember when I was on Mad TV. What's the dude who has the late night talk show? Uh... They're brothers, Seth and something. I don't want to say Rogan. Seth Myers. Myers. Yeah. His brother was on Mad TV. Oh, I didn't know his brother. Josh Myers. I didn't know that. Yeah, Josh was on for two. I didn't years. know they were brothers. They're brothers. Josh was on for two years. He was a Johnny Cash fan, and during the makeup, when we would be getting ready for the show in the makeup room, this nigga loudly played Johnny Cash. And I wanted to get him fired for that. I wanted to be a Karen for that. <laughs> oh, the pale rider. And he goes about his business. That, that's, uh, that song wasn't in the movie. Dude, you, you, it's a good movie. Joaquin Phillips did a great... Get the fuck out of here. Great job. Niggas don't fuck. Niggas fuck with uh, Johnny Cash as they much as they fuck with that one dude who you almost do an impression of. Me nasally. Oh, uh, Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, get the fuck out of here, man! I, think I'm wrong. I can't. Bob can't Dylan even. and Johnny Cash 
is unseasoned chicken and macaroni. Dude, I, I, I got to be honest. I, I like Dylan. I know you do. I like that Dylan. is the purest white man in you. That, 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 he's, Bob, a, he's, a, he's a Jew in the first get place. The fu- Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash is the 100% opposite of James Brown. Yeah. Niggas love James Brown. Because even though we don't understand how to be the doom, we can feel that. If you like harmonica, harmonica and uh, guitar, maybe niggas, you like... Uh... Niggas invented the harmonica. Shawshank Redemption. Andy got me a harmonica. <laughs> we, come on, man. There's levels to this shit. Fuck out of here, man. Fuck out of here. So, so where do black folks fall on David Bowie if they do a biopic on Bowie? David Bowie's different. Okay. David Bowie, Hall and Oates. Uh, what's my my man? Oh, not David Bowie. The other white cool dude. Uh, he did the song with Biggie and P. Diddy with Faith. Every step I oh take. Sting nigga. Bowie, Sting, Hall and Oates have macaroni cheese passes. <laughs> I like that better than the barbecue. I like that. that and, that's great. That's- and who else has a macaroni cheese pass? Kinda. George Michael. But you know, he uh <laughs> So that's where he lose niggas. Till it was a night when I could touch your body. And not everybody has a body like me, baby. He was cool till we knew he sucked dick. Dude, but I, I'm going to say this. Uh, he didn't know or he didn't, like, commit until he was already famous. Who? George Michael? Yeah. He, he didn't commit to sucking dick? He found out later in life that he was... He knew. All he t- wanted to get nigga record money. No, I think before he, he went, I, think he wa- I suck dick. I don't know what it. I don't know exactly the whole story. I know that it, he said that he wasn't in that life until he was already famous. That's what they all say, nigga. I think he got some bad pussy, baby. And <laughs> I could touch your body. Not everybody got a body like you. That's a. That's a great. That whole... Are you kidding me? Let me tell you something. The video was great. I'm a, here's where my whiteness comes in again. There was a point in time when I was trying to figure out who Aries was in an effort to get white pussy. I had a phase. I had a motorcycle jacket. I had the chain hanging from the jacket to the left thigh pocket. <laughs> I couldn't grow a beard, but I had cut off gloves. I didn't wear cowboy boots. I wore sneakers, but my jeans were tight. And when I looked at a white bitch, I went, baby. <laughs> I wanted to be George Michael. I thought that was a sexy homosexual. Dude, I'm going to tell you, I used to ride a Harley. Okay. I had a motorcycle jacket okay. and never had that chain pocket bullshit. <laughs> well, I was trying to score a white pussy, so I did whatever it took. Until I, I found out through George Michael, white pussy really meant... White dick. George Michael had a good man. He he was he listen soulful singer. Listen, he was a bad motherfucker. He, niggas loved George Michael. 
We love Sting. We love. Did you love Sting when he was in the police or when he was on his own? We didn't love Sting when he was in police because it was the police. Bully. <laughs> and, and their labels on IRS records. It's everything. Oh, no everything wanted. niggas <laughs> hate. Police and the IRS. <laughs> yeah, once he broke free of the nigga shackles, uh, we were good. To, no other white dudes? That's it? Bowie? Bowie, Hall & Oates, Sting. Did you, who, who else you say? Is that, is that Bowie, Sting. George Michael. George Michael. Hall & Oates. Hall & Oates. Phil Collins. You guys like Phil Collins. Are you kidding me? You speaking for the black community on this one? Because he's a drummer. Those are beats, nigga. Those are African drums. I know. He spoke to our tribalism. That's that's one of the greatest drum. I see now. This is where my whiteness comes out. I'm going to say that was a, one of the greatest recorded pop drum beats ever. I can feel it coming through the air tonight. Hold, Hold on. on. You, you I fucked rhythm. it up. You threw the rhythm. I did. I'm white. I can get it on him. That was come on. I tried to come out to that. Come when on, I, man. When I first started doing comedy, I tried to come out to that. Yeah, and your timing was off. It doesn't, it doesn't work for man. a natural song. Uh, I almost want to throw, but I think I'm reaching now, Rod Stewart into that. If you maybe at that time. Maybe at the time. Of... Nigga, the Bee Gees. I was going to ask you that. Bee Gees? That, could that, uh, to all of y'all that listen to this podcast, <laughs> the 70s episode, I just want to play that part. Let me just get to that part. That fucking part. That guitar riff, nigga. Bum, 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 bum. Hold up. Wait. Here we go. There we go. And then when the lyrics come in. If you don't get a bitch pregnant to that waist swivel, what are we talking about? But that was just, that was disco. Everybody yelled, it's cultural appropriation. Barry Gibb was the dude. Come on, man. There there was a period of time between the 70s, 80s, mm, beginning 90s, where white people were Larry Bird. Y'all defined y'all's cool. Y'all was the coolest. White people were at their coolest in the 70s and the 80s. Younger white people. Whatever white people. Yeah. Once we got into the 90s, that's when y'all started, you know, changing. (laughs) That's when y'all started changing. Y'all didn't need niggas as much. (laughs) That was actually, that was the coolest time. Mm -hmm. Musically... Mm -hmm. Uh, culturally, mm-hmm. the 70s were pretty bad. There you go, baby. That sounds like an episode. Yeah, it does. Uh, gave see. you some race. Yeah. Gave you some movies. Gave you some white coolness. We good. And uh, next time we're together, it's going to be a few, few weeks. For the next three episodes after this, it will be all emails Please listen, and then we will be in the South at Huntsville, Alabama, Stand Up Live. It's going to be good shows. Knock on wood. I'm, I'm excited about it. I heard it's a great club. Hits 101, 
Thank you for supporting us. Stay with us. And uh, And there we go. Send some more emails. Funnyhappens at gmail.com. That's me. Aries Spears is? Aries Spears 45 at Hotmail. That's me. And you can send them to Aries, honestly, because he reads them. I am terrible at reading emails. Anything else? Do you you feel how we're becoming a well-oiled machine? I feel it, dog. This is the most relaxed I think I've ever been when I'm recording. I'm telling you, I could slip a condom on (laughs) with no noise. I don't want to hear that at all. Hi, dog. Now I got to watch you all the time. I can't even listen for you being in the room. There you go. All right, man. Yeah. We out. Can you feel it, baby? (laughs) 